I recorded this podcast in November 2021 and I wrote a blog post at the same time. I didn't get round to posting the podcast. However, amongst the reason I gave for why I disagree that student loans are just a form of tax is that at some point the government can extend the 30-year timeline before it forgives a student loan. And exactly three months later, in February of 2022, the time was extended to th- from 30 to 40 years. And that was the time exactly that I'd said they, they would do. I had no insider information, but I said that time can extend from 30 years to 40 years to forever. I, I said at some point you might have to pay your student loan out of your death estate, your estate when you when you die. That could still happen. Um, I hope it doesn't. But that just shows, well, there's more than a hint of truth in the things that I talk about. And just so that you're paying attention, when it sounds like I'm saying 70%, I'm saying 7%. I should have left a bit of a gap between that 7 and the percent. So it's not 70%. So just look out for the bit when I'm talking about stock market returns. The number is 7%. Wants are unlimited, but resources always limited. So how do you distribute your limited resources between your competing and potentially unlimited wants to achieve a fulfilling outcome for your life? That is what we figure out on The Money Spot. Welcome to The Money Spot, the place where I answer your money questions. I'm your host, Heather Katonga Woodward, and this is actually my first episode of 2021, and it's November, and it's not a Q&A this time. It's on student loans. Student loans are a form of debt, period. So, I haven't written a single blog post or made a single episode in 2021 and i'll explain why in a future episode but in the meantime i totally need to offload an issue that i have on my chest as it's been gnawing at me for a couple of weeks now i disagree with martin lewis the founder of moneysavingexpert.com on many issues related to debt but on no issue Are we more at loggerheads than on student loans? Martin Lewis is basically of the view that UK student loans aren't really loans, but a form of tax. I mean, when he's talking about it, you can see his face like bursting with anger that people think of student loans as debt. He thinks they're a graduate tax. And his reasons for thinking this way are basically all based on the way student loans are currently structured emphasis on the currently this is how it works if you take out a student loan over the course of say a three-year degree and ultimately graduate with let's call it 50k in student debt it is possible that you might never ever have to pay this money back if you're a low earner all your life this is because in the uk student loan repayments currently only need to be repaid when you earn roughly just over 27k or more and even then the repayment is structured such that you only pay at a rate of nine percent over that threshold 
this this threshold i think moves year on year and currently it's like 27,295 so if you earn 30,000 a year your student loan repayment is basically 30,000 take away that 27,295 times 9%. So you're basically only paying 9% on 2700, which amounts to a mere 243 pounds a year or 20 quid a month. And even if you were on like 60k a year, the annual repayment would be just shy of 3 grand, uh, roughly 245 pounds a month. Now, presented this way, it does really look like, yeah, student loans aren't a problem worth worrying about. But I think viewing the student loan as a tax is ignoring a few critical issues. If you go into a student loan thinking of it as a tax, just pause there, pause one minute and think about these four things. Firstly, UK student loans are not interest-free. Unlike in New Zealand, and I'm sure there may be other places, where student loans are fully interest-free from the time you take them throughout the repayment period. In the UK, you start accruing interest as soon as you take out the loan. They don't even wait for for you to graduate first. They start charging you interest from day zero, day one. If it was interest-free and the government was very solid in its stance uh, that it would be interest-free, I would see where Michael Lewis is coming from, but it isn't. Student loan interest rates aren't even that low. They used to be super low, like 1%, but now they're like two to three times higher than mortgage interest rates. And they've ranged from about 4% to 6.6% in the last few years. Currently, the best five-year fixed rates on mortgages are 1.2%. Three months ago, when I took out a mortgage, the best five-year rates were just under 1%. I got my mortgage fixed for five years at 1%. It was just crazy low interest rates for a few months there. So that's issue number one. If you're sitting there as a parent or as someone thinking you might want a student loan, they are not interest free. They're not even super low interest. The second thing I want you to remember is that that repayment threshold of 27K can change. So buyer beware. So a reduction in the threshold to 23,000 is actually believed to be in the government's near-term plans. We don't know what they'll do, but this would mean that many more people would be captured by the loan repayments. After all, who goes to university to earn less than 23k, right? The median starting salary for graduates in 2021 is roughly 30,000 pounds according to highflyers.co.uk. Uh, and I would hope that all graduates can hope to earn in excess of 27k, you know, the current threshold for student loan repayments within a few years of graduating. So the person on a salary of 30k per year goes from repaying 20 quid per month to about 52 quid per month. And this is really quite substantial at that wage when you're likely to be saving to buy a home and whatever. Then the person on 60K per year goes from repaying 245 per month to just under 280. So basically, everyone that's already captured by the threshold as it is at 27K pays an extra £32.50 a month or about £400 a year. So remember that that threshold can change. So don't go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to work for a charity. I'm never going to earn more than 27K. So I'll just take out as much student loan as I can, as I I need. 
because 27k sounds like a lot when you're planning for uni and you've never had money but in the future you don't know what your path your income path might be the third reason i think you shouldn't think of student loans as a tax is that in future they might not be forgiven now i'm totally thinking out of the box here but anyway currently after 30 years the loan is forgiven but that could change at any time the government could increase it to 35 years 40 years or even decide that student loans are never forgiven and any debts owed to her majesty need to be deducted from your deceased estate i hope it never comes to that but most other loans aren't forgiven on death so if the government were cash strapped they could make a case for this and if you think this is far-fetched they already do this in america where student debt is like mega you you can be suffering your whole working life to pay that student debt off thinking when i die it you know in america this is it'll it'll you know be scrapped but no 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 they come for you even when you're dead take away your children's inheritance and take their student loan money back anyhow anyhow moving on to the fourth reason and the most important reason in my book is that student loans reduce the rate at which you can save invest and jump onto the property market and i don't think it's a graduate tax because you don't pay it as a result of having graduated in in that case it would be a graduate tax you only pay it if you have availed yourself of a student loan whilst you're studying those graduates that graduate without any student loans are able to save and invest at a faster rate including getting onto the property ladder faster and that graduate on 30k per annum if they decided to save 20 quid per month instead of pay towards their student loan and 20 quid per month sounds like oh nothing they and and if they put into a, a diversified index fund growing at 70 percent gross per annum they would have 24,500 in investment value in 30 years time or 45,600 if their investment was growing at 10% gross per annum and that is the actual historical growth rate of the stock market and that 60k per annum high flyer well if they saved 245 pounds per month and that's a pretty tidy sum to be saving per month into a diversified index fund growing at 70% gross per annum, they would have just shy of 300,000 in investment value in 30 years time, or almost 560,000 pounds at a growth rate of 10% gross, which as I've just said, is the historical growth rate of the stock market. That's over half a million pounds, y'all. Half a million pounds by just saving that amount instead of paying that off now note that in reality the person who earns 60k would have paid the student loan off after 21 years but i've used 30 years just to compare it more easily with the other example if you wanted to look at the 21 year point the figures are more like 141k at a 70 percent growth rate and 211k at a 10 percent growth rate so those extra nine years of saving and compounding really do add up not having a student loan impacts your ability to accumulate wealth it could make a big difference to how soon you can get on the property ladder as we all should be trying to do when we graduate because if you do nothing else right in your life at least own the house in which you live 
by the time you're reaching, you know, your 60s. In the ideal world, student loans wouldn't even exist and everyone could get a tertiary education for free. However, student loans do exist and I think it is helpful to view them as loans and to either avoid them or use them wisely. For example, I had friends put the full value of their student loan into an ISA. This is going back to 2002. Uh, while their parents cash flowed their university fees. Now, that was smart because at that time you were getting savings rate of like 7% even and it helped them buy a home sooner. I mean, a good example of someone who did that is my own very good husband. And um, yeah, it was a good move. Uh, some people choose to work hard during their holidays to cover their living costs in university. And if you are a parent, you know, trying to think about how you can save for your kid's university, um, I have a blog post which you can search for, How Can I Save and Invest for My Children? Just search How Can I Save and Invest for My Children at katsonga.com. But just to give you a little brief, I suggest either from day zero when your kid's born, put £100 per month into a diversified index fund until their 18th birthday. Or the strategy that we went for was saving £4,000 per child until until their fifth birthday and then just stopping, just cold turkey and letting that 20k grow. And not showing off here because the stock market has been crazy bonkers since COVID, but we just saved, I think, the 20k for our five-year-old when COVID hit. And that 20k, uh, 18 months later, obviously it's been growing a little bit over time, is currently at 32k and he's not even on his on his seventh birthday he's gonna turn seven next month and my plan was 20k age five and uh hopefully doubles twice so 40k 80k by the time he's 18 so it's on track really and for our almost five year old we we've just done supercharged the saving just to take advantage of the current growth rates and her 20k is on 25k so I don't know what will happen, of course, but I'm hopeful that this will grow to an amount that will definitely help with university. And I think it's a solid strategy because that five years feels like suffering and we kind of sacrificed our own saving for a while. And then you forget about it and then you can focus on your own saving. Like uni, safe for, done. And at least this is not America. It's still reasonable that you can you know, go to university for less than 100K. Whereas in America, if you go outside of your state, it's, you know, to a private university, crazy bonkers. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. And uh, I hope that was informative. Student loans are a form of debt, period. Thank you so much for listening. Now, I've got three action points for you. If you can give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I would be most grateful. It helps me reach a bigger audience. And if you feel I haven't earned your five-star yet, please send me a message and let me know how I can earn that five-star. Secondly, if you enjoyed the podcast, forward it to a friend that might benefit. And finally, if you'd like to have a look at some of the things I've written in the personal finance space, for more of my work, go to katsonga.com forward slash my books.